What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost in Lifting Talk. Today, we are going to go over the fat loss hierarchy that I use with all of my clients when setting them up for their fat loss goals. So when it comes to how I set up the plan and what we focused on most and go down the list of the bullet points that we're focused on throughout the process to ensure that they're reaching whatever the goal is that they have for themselves. So you're going to be able to take these strategies, take this hierarchy or pyramid, if you will, and implement it into your own program or your own nutrition and training to be able to make sure that you're doing things in a way that's individualized to you that still has science at the forefront to make sure that you are actually producing the results that you want to produce every single week with your efforts. So one of the biggest things here that um, I want to note just at the first is this is truly how you individualize your process. And individuals, individualization is one of the most important aspects to you creating a sustainable and long-term goal for yourself, right? Because we can all go follow a keto, we can cut carbs or else we can cut sugars out or go paleo, go South Beach or all these different types of fad diets are out there. Do they work? Absolutely. But the hard part about dieting in that way is it re- involves a lot of restriction that isn't necessary for you to reach a goal. So you've learned habits, but they're habits that aren't sustainable for your lifestyle in the long run, which eventually leads to a rebound on the back end. What I try to do with clients and what I teach is finding a way that's going to be individualized to your lifestyle so that you're creating habits that you can sustain for the rest of your life instead of just going on like a three-month diet of restriction to lose a lot of weight as fast as you can. Instead, we're looking at this as a lifelong endeavor, individualizing the process to you, the foods that you like, um, your schedule, the times of day that you can eat your meals, these different types of things so that it's easiest for you to adhere to so it doesn't feel like such an inconvenience. And again, you're building habits to make it a whole lot easier for you to sustain in the long run. So you're not only creating result you're sustaining that result after you create it without all of the restriction that's involved when it comes to all these other types of diets that you can follow that have a name. So I'm going to show you how to create a diet with your name at the front of it instead of any of these fad diets that are all heavily marketed through social media and just all media outlets really um, in that aspect. So sit back. Take some notes maybe. At least just listen. Take some of this into account and think about how you can Use these techniques in your own journey to create not only easier results, but far more sustainable and long-term results. Let's hop into it. All right, so the very first thing that I think about when putting together a nutrition guide for somebody or a fat loss program is figuring out what foods that person likes most. So when putting your diet together, that needs to be at the forefront. What foods do you enjoy to eat? And those foods need to be included in your diet. I would argue this is the most important part of your diet because, of course, you could just completely cut those foods out. You could completely restrict sugar. You could completely restrict bread or carbohydrates, whatever it may be. But chances are what's going to happen if you decide to completely take those foods out is your brain's going to start telling you that it wants them more and more because you've told yourself that you can't have them. So first and foremost, we have to realize that We need to be including foods most days that we still enjoy. We don't want to have to eat foods that we don't enjoy because, again, that's going to be something that's unsustainable. So, again, if you like 
sugar, sugary foods. You can have some of those. Again, you can't have a, you don't, not that you can't, but you shouldn't want a ton of those to make the diet sustainable in the long run just because they're not going to be as filling or as nutritious for your body. But you can include some sugary type foods. You can include some processed type foods. At the end of the day, we just want to make sure that we're including foods that we enjoy to eat just to make sure that we don't have these crazy cravings in the long run that we end up giving into and end up in this yo-yo cycle. So the most important thing to understand is that you can still include foods that you like. If you like breads, if you like sugars, if you like foods that are deemed unhealthy, you don't have to think, well, I can't have these anymore to lose weight. You can absolutely include them in, which leads us into step number two, which is going to explain to you how to do that. So step number two, it's simply controlling your calories. To lose fat, I've said this a lot on this podcast and you already know it, but you have to be inside of a calorie deficit, meaning you're eating less calories every single day than what your body is burning. And this is how you include foods that you enjoy still in your diet and you're still able to lose fat, simply because you're controlling your body's energy balance. So you have to burn more calories per day through activity, living, exercise, just your day-to-day life than you're consuming. Let's say your body's burning 2,000 calories per day. Well, we know that roughly 3,500 calories total equals one pound of fat. So if I ate 500 calories underneath of that every single day, that's going to be roughly around one pound of fat loss per week. That's great, right? But that doesn't mean, so if we're eating 1,500 calories, that doesn't mean that has to be all healthy. Definitely doesn't mean it should be all sugar or all carbohydrates or anything like that as well. But we can include some of the foods that we enjoy as long as we're adhering to that 1,500 calories every single day and still lose weight each and every week. Again, you have to understand that fat loss doesn't come down to specific foods or specific protocols outside of anything besides your calorie control first and foremost. You could eat 2,000 calories in broccoli. If you're only burning 2,000 calories per day, you are not going to lose weight. Just because you're eating broccoli or something healthy does not mean you're going to lose weight. A big mistake that I see people make is trying to eat healthy and lose fat. So they start snacking on nuts and things like that instead of snacking on uh, maybe like some yogurt or a dairy product because they think that nuts are better than dairy or these different types of things. But what they don't realize a big handful of almonds can be three, 400, 500 calories and one little cup of yogurt or something like that could be 100 or 200 calories. So what makes more sense for fat loss? the yogurt, the lower calorie option does, right? Because the nuts are calorically dense and not nearly as filling. So don't think there's a particular food group that can help you lose or not lose fat. It comes down to controlling your calories. When you understand that, then you can start adding some foods in that you enjoy each day and still get closer and closer to your goals and eventually reach them without any restrictions in terms of food groups inside of your diet. Which leads us into the third level of the hierarchy, which is your protein intake. So now we know that you can eat some foods that you enjoy. You have to control calories. You have to be in a calorie deficit. Why does protein matter? Now there's a couple reasons for this. First and foremost, eating enough protein every single day is going to make sure that as you're losing weight inside of a calorie deficit, that weight is coming from fat stores. If you're not eating enough protein to support your lean muscle mass, Well, as you lose weight in a calorie deficit, it's going to be easy for you to lose lean tissue as well as fat tissue, which can end up, which hurts you from ending up with the 
appearance of a toned look or a defined look that a lot of us are looking for, that athletic look that you want. If you're not eating enough protein and you're inside of a calorie deficit, chances are you're going to lose muscle as well as fat, which is just going to end up in the skinny fat look or the softer look to where your skin's not you're not, you don't have any definition because your skin doesn't have any lean muscle to sit on top of. So you've got to make sure that you're eating enough protein every single day. And when you're inside of a calorie deficit, it's also going to help you stay fuller. Protein takes the longest amount of time to digest in your body, meaning it's going to keep you feeling fuller for a longer period of time. So one thing that happens when we stay in a calorie deficit is we start to get a little bit hungry, right? If we're actively expending more energy than we're intaking with time, you're going to get hungry. So having a higher protein intake is going to slow down that digestion, which is going to help you feel fuller for longer during and after each of your meals. And one last little nugget that makes protein so important and helps so much during fat loss is just the simple fact that protein burns more calories to digest than any other macronutrient. So what I mean by that is let's say you eat 100 calories of protein or you eat 100 calories of carbs only. Your body is going to burn more calories burning that 100 calories of protein than it's going to digest that 100 calories of carbs. Meaning 100 calories of protein doesn't necessarily equal the same amount of that 100 calories of carbs just simply because the thermic effect of it is going to be greater, meaning you're not going to – you're going to have a higher activity level basically. Not activity level but a higher calorie burn for the day just simply because you're eating more protein. So it's got that benefit as well. And when it comes to protein, somewhere between 0.7 to around 1 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight is usually best. The heavier you are, the more weight that you have to lose, the closer you should aim down towards that 0.7 marker. The leaner you already are, you can aim more towards that 1 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight, and you're just good. And when it comes to your calories and your protein, something I just want to quickly add is that I've touched on this a few times, but... Um, I have a free resource that's always linked down below. It's called the Macro Starters Kit that will set you up with your calorie goals to put you inside of a calorie deficit. It'll set you up with your protein intake um, individualized to your body. It'll show you a bunch of different food groups. It gives you recipes and all sorts of things to really help you kickstart your journey and individualize a diet to you instead of following just a random fad diet that's already out there. This is going to help walk you through this process of the starting guidelines to get started. So with that, let's move into the next step. All right, so we touched on, first and foremost, you need to include foods that you enjoy. You've got to control your calories, and you need enough protein. So now you're probably wondering, okay, well, I can just eat whatever I want to eat, and I'm good to go, right? Not quite so fast. The fourth step on the hierarchy is two to three servings of fruit and two to three servings of veggies every single day. Now, you need to understand that you still need micronutrients. Can you go and lose fat just eating sugar or Twinkies? or processed foods, you absolutely can. If you're eating enough protein and you're in a calorie deficit, you will still lose weight regardless of the foods that you are choosing to eat. Let that sink in. You don't have to eat healthy to lose weight. But here's where it gets important. Usually, vegetables and fruits are the most filling. Plus, they're full of the most micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, things that your body needs to be healthy. Just because you're skinny or skinnier doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be a lot healthier. Now, losing weight will always 
help your health markers regardless for most individuals. But at the same time, to optimize our health, we want to make sure that we're getting in micronutrients every single day. So around two to three servings of vegetables and two to three servings of fruit will help with this. Not to mention that they are lower calorie for higher volumes, meaning they're going to help you stay fuller for longer. Just like protein takes a long time to digest, helps you stay fuller, adding some vegetables and adding some fruits every single day are going to help you stay fuller on a minimal amount of calories because let's just be frank, broccoli, strawberries, watermelon, um, all these different types of foods, spinach, cauliflower, carrots, they have very minimal calories for a lot of volume. You can eat a lot of them for a very small amount of calories compared to sugary foods, compared to processed foods, compared to foods that are deemed unhealthy. So that's the next rule that I like to incorporate. You can eat whatever you want to as long as you're hitting your calorie and your protein goal, but make sure within your day you're getting at least two to three servings of vegetables and two to three servings of fruit. If you're doing that, the rest of your food and you're getting your protein goal every single day, well, now you've taken care of the basics when it comes to your nutrition and your health. Now you can customize everything else that you're eating. Maybe you have some snacks. Maybe you save a little room for some ice cream or for some popcorn, or maybe you have some pancakes in the morning because you can make them fit, or maybe you have an, a, des- a different dessert after dinner, but you've hit your protein. You've had the f- couple servings of vegetables and fruits. You're within your calorie goal. Now you're individualizing the process to you that's going to be more sustainable because you're hitting the big markers, but you're still eating some of those foods that you like at the same time while still losing fat each and every week so that you're getting to your goal without all of this heavy restriction, which makes the process a million times easier. And again, you've created a diet that's individualized to the foods that you like, to your body, to your calorie intake, your calorie needs, your protein intake that you need. And now you're set off to the races when it comes down to the nutrition side of things. But this isn't where I necessarily end things. There's a couple more pieces to the process that I just want to touch on quickly to give you a better understanding of the whole scenario of what this should look like for you to look the way that you want at the end of your fat loss goals. So number five, we're going to move into talking just a little bit about your training. What should you be doing in terms of exercise? Now, My company is called Lost in Lifting for a reason. That's because I believe that resistance training, lifting weights, should be the core of your exercise if your main goal is fat loss. Here's why. Most of us don't necessarily just want to lose weight just for the fact of losing weight. We want to look better, feel better, and be more confident. That's where resistance training comes in. You need to preserve the lean muscle that you already have, and you need to potentially build a little bit of lean muscle um, from your training so that as you're losing fat, you're creating more definition in your body, you're getting stronger, you're creating somewhere for that skin to sit so that you have the toned or defined look that you're looking for. Now, this doesn't mean that you're running. This doesn't mean that you're doing spin classes. This doesn't mean that you're doing group classes. This requires doing actual resistance training in a weight room to where you're grabbing weights and you're doing movements that are going to force you to build muscle. I'm sorry, but running doesn't build your legs. Um, Spinning doesn't necessarily build your legs. All of these different types of things that we want to think about or burpees, these types of things, these cardio-based movements that get our heart rate really high, these aren't building muscle or creating the tone look that we want. 
It comes down to making sure that you are resistance training, getting stronger, so doing big compound movements. Again, the seven main compound movements that you should be incorporating each and every week in your training would be a horizontal press, a vertical press, a horizontal row, a vertical row, a squat, a single leg squat, and a hip hinge variation. Those variations should be in your training each and every week. That doesn't mean that you can't run, you can't do cardio, you can't do these different things, but we need to make sure that we're resistance training to hold on to the lean tissue that we have, as well as for most of us, we need to build some lean tissue as we're losing fat so that we can create the definition or the tone look that we're looking for. And when it comes to females, if you're a female listening to this and you're like, oh, well, the weight room, the weight room makes me nervous, that scares me. Last week, I dropped a podcast talking about why the weight room shouldn't scare you and the mindset to take into the weight room to go in there and to be able to achieve your goals as well without all of the insecurity that we all have. I understand that it can be a scary place. There's a lot of heavy lifting going on there and depending on your gym, there can be ego lifters and, and things that make you a little bit uncomfortable. Or, but So listen to that podcast. I think that it will really help you. Um, it's I think it's two podcasts back. And the second factor to that with females is, well, I don't want to get big and bulky. At this point... Hopefully you understand that that's just something you're making up in your brain. You are not going to get big and bulky from lifting weights. If anything, if you're lifting properly with the proper programming, all it's going to do is accentuate your feminine figure even more. You're not going to end up with this big chest or these big, huge shoulders from weightlifting. That comes from doing things in a very unnatural manner. These ladies that you see that are absolutely shredded and big that you don't want to look like, the majority of them are on unnatural substances that help them look that way. Or they they are the absolute genetic freaks of the world in the CrossFit space. There are a few of those that are absolutely crazy looking, but they're training for five, six, seven, eight hours per day and perfecting their craft. For you to go into the weight room and spend 30 to 45 minutes a few times a week is not going to make you look big and bulky. If you're paying attention to, if you're eating foods you enjoy, if you're controlling your calories, if you're eating enough protein, if you're adding some fruits and veggies in every single day, adding resistance training two to five times per week for 30 to 60 minutes is not going to make you big and bulky. It's going to help you build that toned or defined look that you're looking for given that you're doing it correctly, adding all the movements that I just stated, the seven different variations that I said before, and being smart inside of your training. And again, I am releasing a women's training ebook shortly. It's a 12-week program for beginner to intermediate trainees for females that are, it's a three-day per week program, full body. The workouts are anywhere from 45 to 60-ish minutes, three times per week. Um, that will be dropping very soon called FFD. It walks you through the entire process of how much weight to be using, the exercises to be doing, exercise videos that you can use um, inside of those not that you can use, but so that you know exactly what exercises to be doing and how to do them when you're in the gym, how to progress your workouts over time to ensure that you're getting to where you want to and you're not just wasting your time in the gym and whatnot. So that will be coming out very shortly. I almost have it finished. When I do, I'll make sure to let you all know on the podcast. But number five is resistance training. Resistance training should be the core of what you do with your exercise when the goal is fat loss. It shouldn't be cardio. It shouldn't be group classes. It should be a resistance training. And I don't care if you have five, 10 pounds to lose or you have 100 pounds to lose. This staple remains. 
Just because you have more weight to lose doesn't mean that you should just start on a treadmill or whatnot. I still think you'll find a lot more benefit from adding resistance training rather than focusing too much on cardio. Which moves us into number six, which is cardio. Now, everything that I just said doesn't mean that I don't think you should do cardio or that it's something that's not needed. Cardio is a vital thing to your long-term health. Super healthy for your heart. All I'm trying to get across is that cardio isn't the way for you to lose fat in the most efficient manner to look the way that you want to. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be adding in some cardio, but my general rule of thumb when it comes to cardio is maybe one session of cardio, one to two sessions of cardio for every three sessions of strength should be the ratio to what you're doing. So you don't need to do as much cardio as you're doing when it comes to strength. But um, let's say you're doing three or four days of strength training, resistance training, then you could add one to two days of cardio. And that could be through group classes, that could be through um, a treadmill, a rower, anything that you really wanted to do. But with clients, that's generally how it goes. If somebody's working out three to five times per week, they're doing one to two cardio sessions per week max. Um, but with that doesn't mean that when you're not strength training, that it's okay just to be a, a couch potato hanging out at home, not being active or anything like that. Just because I'm saying you only need one to two cardio sessions doesn't mean that we shouldn't be shooting for an act activity goal every single day. So instead of describing a bunch of cardio, I like to prescribe step goals. I do this for myself and I do this for the majority of my clients. Depending on the lifestyle, their job, different things like that, we'll set a step goal to hit every single day. So instead of prescribing a certain amount of cardio to hit every day, we prescribe a step goal. For myself, I am pretty sedentary. I'm in a fat loss phase at the moment. Pretty sedentary. I work off of my computer all day. I'm helping people in the gym. Um, so I'm not really up and about that whole a whole lot. So my steps aren't that high. If I didn't actively try to get in steps just to live my day-to-day life, I'm getting only like three to 4,000 steps, maybe. And so for myself, every single day, I set a non-negotiable that I have to get 8,000 steps per day. Now, this is going to up my activity level, which is going to help me burn more calories. It's going to help me be a healthier individual overall, which is just going to help with fat loss in the long run. So for myself, I have a step goal of 8,000 steps per day. Now, this is going to be highly individual to the actual individual and the lifestyle. That doesn't mean everybody should only be at 8,000. I would say 8,000 is a minimum to hit, but again, there's going to be people that can hit 10, 15, even 20,000 steps per day, depending on the lifestyle. We just want to keep that step goal consistent so that we're not having a day of steps that's 2,000, a day of steps that's 8,000, a day of steps that's 15,000, a day of steps that's 2,000. We want a more even steady of steps being the same so that we're burning the same amount of calories through activity every single day just from living our life, our neat, if you will, so that our calorie expenditure is pretty pretty um, level so that the calorie intake that we're putting into our body, we get a better idea of how that's reacting so that we can just adjust our calorie intake rather than always adjusting our calorie expenditure. So you can absolutely add some cardio. That is number six on the hierarchy. It's not something that's even necessarily needed either, 
but I like to add one to two cardio sessions that could be on a rower, that could be on a treadmill, it could be sprints, it could be hit, it could be a metabolic circuit, these different types of things just to get the heart rate up. And a lot of times, um, some people just like doing cardio, getting their heart rate up and getting a really good sweat on. So we'll add a couple cardio sessions in. I just don't think it should be something that's at the forefront if your goal is fat loss and to create a toned or defined look. And again, a step goal, setting some sort of a step goal. So for myself, that's 8,000. I have clients that their step goal is 10,000. I have some clients that their step goal is 15,000. I have some clients that even hit almost 20,000. But for the majority, if you have a desk job, I would make your minimum. I would make sure that you're at least at least getting in 8,000 steps per day and you'll be golden. All right, so honestly, we could just stop here. That is basically the hierarchy to lose fat. One, food you enjoy. Two, controlling your calories. Three, getting in enough protein every single day. Number four, eating at least two to three servings of fruits and veggies every day. Number five, resistance training. Number six, cardio slash your step goal. Number seven isn't going to help you lose fat immediately like all of these other six will. But I would argue that number seven is the most important and it's the one that gets ignored by almost everybody because it's not the sexy one. And it is maintenance. It's learning how to maintain the goal that you've created. If you follow one through six for three to six months, you're going to create great results, amazing results. But here's the thing. Let's say that you lose 30 to 50 pounds in a six-month period. Well, calories have gotten low at this point. We're going to start getting hungrier. Um, our energy is going to be down. We're gonna, our body's physically going to want more food. It's not smart to always be in a calorie deficit. It's not healthy for your body to always be in a calorie deficit. Your metabolism will start to slow down. Your hormones will start to go wacky. You'll start to get really, really hungry, really, really angry. When you eat, you're never going to feel satisfied. Your body starts to play tricks on you because it wants you to eat more food, which at some point you need to start eating more food. But you have to understand that it needs to come through a maintenance. When these things happen, it doesn't mean that you should just go out and eat whatever you want and put all of your weight back on and throw your habits out the, out the window. What we want to do, let's say you started at 200 pounds and we got you to 150 pounds, but at the moment... You're eating only 1,500 calories and you're down to 150 pounds. Well, at this point, do we want to just stay eating that 1,500 calories to maintain that 150 pounds? Absolutely not. This is where a reverse diet comes into effect once you've reached your goal or when you're at a point where you just need a break from the diet to bring your maintenance level back up to let your hormones reestablish to push your metabolism back up just to become overall healthy without losing the progress that you made. And this is where we start to slowly up calories for a given amount of time to allow your body rest at maintenance. It doesn't mean we just go eat whatever we want to, but we push calories back up to a point to where we're eating around the same amount of calories as what we're burning so that we're out of maintenance. We're no longer in a deficit where we're eating less calories every single day than what we're burning. We're trying to eat the same amount of calories every single day that what our body is burning. And this is where maintenance at. And this is honestly the hardest part because you've identified with yourself for a very long time at this point with your fitness journey, with your training, staying on track with your nutrition. You identify progress and success with seeing the scale go down. But at some point, you have to flip that on its head and realize that progress or success is simply just seeing the scale stay stagnant, not going down. 
you're staying consistent with your nutrition, but you're eating more, you feel better, you're having better workouts, and now you're maintaining the progress that you made to be able to live this way so you don't have to go through losing that fat again. You're learning how to sustain it in the long run by being out of maintenance. Now, what can happen here? A few different things. I'm working with a client right now that we started way back in September. And once we got to about March or so, she had lost about 45 pounds. She went from like 240 down to about 195-ish or so, somewhere around that range. And she was at a point where she was here. She was very hungry. Calories were starting to get lower. Motivation was starting to drop. And she needed to go to a maintenance period for a while. She was at about 1,700 calories when we stopped the diet. At the end of the diet when she had lost about 40 pounds, the lowest we had gotten calories was about 1,700 calories. At that point, it was she. I had talked to her enough for her to understand it was time for a maintenance phase. It was time to let her metabolism recover. It was time to let her hormones recover. It was time to let her focus a little bit more on training and just rest for a minute. Give her body a break. Does this mean she was done with weight loss at this point? Absolutely not. She still has goals to lose more weight, and we'll get back to doing that at some point. But at the moment, we've been focusing on just learning how to maintain the 40, 45 pounds that she's already lost so that she doesn't ever have to worry about losing that weight again. When we learn how to maintain the new weight that she's at instead of always pushing for progress, but just focus on maintenance, well, now we know the result that we've created is going to last for the rest of our life because we've built the habits and we've learned how to maintain this new body that we're in. And once she's done this for a while again she's been here for three months and we're having the conversation now about potentially going back into a deficit to start losing more weight um here pretty shortly but we've given her three four it'll be four or five months by the time we actually get back into it after her initial 40 to 45 pound loss but what we've done by almost stalling and slowing things down and having her eat more calories for the last while is just like i said she has now lost that weight and that weight's not coming back we're not yo-yoing. She's learned how to eat food she enjoys. She's learned how to control her calories. She's learned how to eat enough protein. She's learned how to include fruits and veggies that are good for her. She's strength training. She's adding a little bit of cardio. And now she's learning how to maintain so that she has that goal for the rest. Of, she has that progress for the rest of her life. And then when we go back into a period where we go back into a calorie deficit and we start fat loss up again. Well, then we just start at the top of the pyramid and we work ourselves down that hierarchy. Once again, it's the exact same process over and over. You just have to realize that this hierarchy is meant to be done in time blocks. It's not meant to be done forever. At the end of the day, maintenance is the goal. Sure, we want to get the goal and that's the first six. We want to get the goal. We want to get the progress. We want to get to where we're going. But you have to make sure in the back of your mind that you're paying attention to making sure that you have a goal of learning how to maintain that progress that you've made too. It's not always about putting the pedal on the floor and pushing as hard as you can for as long as you can until you burn yourself out. It's about pushing just hard enough until you know you're almost at your breaking point and then stopping and letting yourself get back to maintaining and enjoying and not being so hyper-focused on weight loss. And then when you get back to a point where you're mentally focused enough, mentally motivated enough again, then we can put the pedal to the metal once again and go through steps one through six and start creating fat loss again. And now you have this cycle and now you're on a journey for your life where you can, cont can continually 
improve your body, learn how to maintain what you've created, and then push for more if you want to. Or maybe you get to a point where you're sick of counting calories. You're sick of working out so much. You want, obviously you should always work out some, like it doesn't ever just go away. Working out should be a part of your life forever. But maybe you just don't want it to be such a big part. Maybe you don't want to have to track everything. Maybe you don't want to have to track your protein. Maybe you don't want to resistance train four or five days a week and rather do it two or three days a week. Well, if you've gone through the maintenance period and you've done all of this, you've been at it for long enough now that you can learn how to eat in an intuitive manner to understand and have a good eyeball of how many calories you're eating every single day, make sure you're getting enough protein, and just doing work two to three workouts per day to maintain your physique and enjoy the body that you're in for the rest of your life if you don't want to continue making progress and trying to improve. You can learn to just maintain and, and enjoy the improved body that you've put so much hard work into. So there's always those couple options. Some people get to that point and they're good just to maintain it and live out their lives without as much restriction, not counting calories so much, and just enjoy the body that they're in. And then some people get hooked and are always looking for progress. I'm one of those people that continues looking for more and more progress. I have clients that just want to get to a certain place and they're good. And then I have other clients that kind of get hooked and then we start the cycle and it's over and over and we're constantly making improvements, but we're doing it in a sustainable long-term manner so that every improvement that we make is sustained and it's there for the long run. So I hope that this really helps you guys. I know I've always touched on all of these different topics quite a bit, but I wanted to give you an entire hierarchy list that I use with each and every client and with myself when putting together a fat loss program for them and how I go about it with the level of importance to everything just so that you have a clear idea of what it looks like. If you have questions with any of this stuff, um, you're always more than welcome to shoot me an email. Again, my email is always linked down below. You can shoot me an email, ask me some questions, as well as the macro starter kit is linked down below. That will help you get set up with your calories. It will help you get set up with your protein levels, all that kind of stuff. And if you're serious about this and you're really interested and you really want to make long-term sustainable change with your body, reach out. My coaching is always down below as well. If you want to reach out, we can potentially talk about coaching and the different options that I have there to make sure that we're individualizing everything to you and we're holding you accountable to doing what you're doing and you can have my help each and every day and each and every week through check-ins and me putting together your programming and all of your nutrition and everything for you just to make sure you're making the exact progress that you want to each and every week reach out I'm more than happy to have a conversation with you and talk about it and again a lot of people that I work with before they reach out or anything they're like oh I just didn't think I was experienced enough to reach out or to, or to work with you I want to gain some experience first I work with beginners. My niche is beginners, people who are trying to learn and get to where they're trying to go but aren't quite sure how to get there. That's what I do each and every day is work with people in that scenario. So all I'm saying is don't think that you need to be experienced or you need to have a bunch of experience in the weight room or a bunch of experience tracking calories and all of this stuff. I work with beginner type people. I have intermediates that I work with as well, but that's that's my niche and that's who my program is tailored towards is beginner to intermediates that are just trying to get the reins of all of this and need some guidance so that the guesswork is taken out of the equation and you just simply have to follow the blueprint. So again, I really do appreciate you guys. I hope that this helps you. If it did, I'd also be super appreciative if you could take a screenshot, put it on your IG story, tag me in it. I'll make sure to repost it. I'll send you a message for posting it as well. And uh, yeah, it's really all that I've got. Hopefully this helped. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and I'll talk with you soon.